Hello, and welcome to Digital Marketing Musings, hosted by Merkel. Each episode, we choose a different expert to discuss the latest and greatest in digital marketing. Today, we're sitting down with Jennifer Manville and Rachel Monfrey to talk about the 2021 Q4 Media Insights Report. I'm Andrea McCartney, and this is Digital Marketing Musings. Thanks for tuning in to Digital Marketing Musings, hosted by Merkel. Today, we're joined by Jennifer Manville, Director of Media Strategy, and Rachel Monfrey, Associate Director of Digital Strategy, who are going to give us insight in the 2021 Q4 Media Insights Report, a publication that Merkel puts out quarterly that cover the top trends for the upcoming quarter in digital media. With over two decades of combined experience in digital, Jennifer and Rachel have done it all, from ad tech, merchandising, content creation, and PR. Bringing a wealth of experience with them into their current roles, they oversee digital strategy holistically across accounts at Merkle. Welcome back to our show, Jennifer and Rachel. Thanks. Excited to be here. Yes. Thank you so much. Awesome. So what are some of the main themes you all are seeing and wanted to research for this year's Q4 report? This quarter, we covered four main topics. Priority reset, looking at shifting financial situations, the continued impact of COVID, um, mental health and inclusivity. Uh, Holiday 2021, timing and consumer expectations, streaming wars, um, popularity and challenges thereof. And the fourth uh, is the app opportunity given the surge in mobile app usage. Very cool. Sounds like a very exciting report with uh, lots of hot topics. Definitely wanna dive in. Let's start with the priority reset. What does this reset mean at this point in the year and also at this point in the pandemic? Yes. So over the last year, um, consumers have really become much more aware and receptive really to their own needs and wants. I know I have, um, whether that's focusing on family, work or finances. Uh, priorities and shopping behaviors differ greatly for different populations. So um, when we kind of pulled a couple of stats here, but um, nearly 40% of upper income adults report that their financial situation has improved over the course of that pandemic, um, really due to the decreased spend and increased savings. Um, however, lower income adults have been more negatively impacted. So, you know, losing jobs and taking pay cuts to the, pand- to the pandemic. So we've definitely seen a shift, um, you know, between different segments um, out there. Consumers across all demographics and income brackets, however, are really starting to place a greater value on mental health, um, better work-life integration, um, especially as that trend of work from home continues continues, uh, across the board, as well as purpose-driven shopping. And by that, I mean more people caring about sustainable business practices, wanting to really see inclusive marketing, um, inclusive product offerings, as well as wanting to know where brands stand on societal issues. And one of the interesting things that we really found was over 70% of adults ages 18 to 55 care more about product sustainability than they did a year ago. Um, That's really interesting because we kind of have a very wide age gap where it's not just, you know, younger Gen Zs and millennials, it kind of goes across the board. What's so interesting about that is I've been seeing uh, advertisements actually, or I guess rather hearing on on Spotify as I've been listening um, about sustainable products and, and brands like touting that as a, as a selling feature of that, which I think is fantastic. Definitely. Definitely. Cool. Um, and, you know, obviously we can't talk about Q4 without holiday. What trends are so important for us to be thinking about this year as we're heading into the holiday season? This time around for holiday, we covered a couple specific verticals, retail, travel, and nonprofit. Um, 
what's been really cool doing these reports on a quarterly basis, um, we've been able to track different shifts in consumer mindset, behaviors, and some of the trends that experience acceleration due to COVID. So there are a lot of uh, value add services, if you will, like buy now, pay later and curbside pickup that went from nice to have to really being a required expectation from many consumers. We've seen a lot of young consumers double down on supporting brands that are aligned with their values, like we were just talking about. So sustainability, inclusivity, and a general adjustment to lifestyle changes by showing preferences to wellness and experience related purchases. For nonprofit, I think it's really important to call out an ongoing shift in philanthropic philosophy. So donating time and talents, as well as purchasing from socially responsible businesses is viewed by many as philanthropic engagement. So it's not just donating money, but actually giving your time and talents is also considered um, a donation. One other really neat development is the impact that social media can have. For example, a 20-something started posting memes to keep himself entertained during the initial COVID-19 lockdowns. He's now amassed 850,000 followers. And recently wow. he raised, yeah, it's it happened very quickly. I don't know if um, either of you or anyone listening follows Quentin Quarantino. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember how I stumbled upon him. Um, <laughs> it's funny. He gets a lot of um, funny comments about, I hate your movies, because I think people think it's Quentin yeah. Quarantino, yeah. the <laughs> director. Um, anyways, recently he raised over $5 million in less than 24 hours to support um, evacuation efforts in Afghanistan. So really driving home that idea um, of the impact that social media can have, just being able to reach such a broad, diverse group of people. And what a fantastic Um, use of his time for like being on social media and his, his talents. I mean, to your, to your point of your, what you're calling out now. Definitely. It was really cool to see too. Donations ranged from a dollar to $200,000. Oh my God. (laughs) Really cool to show too that, yeah, people always say that every, every dollar counts. And this, I think too, really drives that point home that um, getting a large group together can do wonders. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every dollar really does count um, when harnessing the power of social and just having it amplify that message and that goal. Definitely. So shifting gears a bit into streaming wars, this is definitely something we've been hearing a lot of buzz around, uh, particularly as we're talking with clients and you know just keeping up on industry news. What's happening in this space and how do we see activity unfolding over the next couple of quarters? Yes. So streaming wars have definitely been an interesting kind of topic and have unfolded over time. So um, we're really now at the point where the average American household pays for four streaming services annually, spending approximately $47 a month on these services. So again, I know I'm one of them. I have a lot of streaming services happening at my house. So um, got to keep yourself busy. You got to keep ourselves busy. Exactly. And I feel like there's still never anything to watch. I know, right? Well, you're flipping through, I think, all the different, you know, all of, all your different subscription services. So, um, you know, but yeah, it's... Decision paralysis. Maybe. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. Um, and yeah, it's interesting how many people really do have. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Um, but it's interesting also, I mean, streaming is really expected to account for 33% of time spent on TV by the end of the year. So, you know, I think that really kind of showcases like how much the platform is really growing. Um, again, 
then I probably spend more of my time. So um, again, I think, uh, you know, people are spending definitely, definitely a good chunk of their time and their, you know, their uh, home time on the platform. Um, I think this behavior, I mean, this behavior is definitely, you know, driven by, you know, keeping people spending more time at home, um, and obviously people are working from home, et cetera. Um, obviously wanting to be more digital, digitalized, um, as well as wanting the wide range of content that the services offers. So again, you have any, everything from, you know, kids and family shows all the way through some pretty powerful dramas and, you know, documentaries. So again, a lot of interesting content there. Um, also the growth of streaming cross device has been really phenomenal and consumers are really always looking to engage um, with new different and different types of contents and formats. So uh, really kind of interesting when you kind of dig into some of that there. Um, in terms of just differentiators and offer and offerings, um, we really all, we all know the key players: um, Netflix, Hulu, Disney, HBO Max. Um, you know, we, we all know who they, they are. Uh, but in reality, there are over 200 OTT streaming media services globally. So you know, we're talking quite a few out there. Um, also, we're seeing a lot more of the traditional TV players enter the market as well. So um, when we look at things like NBC Peacock or Discovery Plus, uh, we're really seeing a lot of these kind of come to light as well. Um, we're, we're also seeing some category shifts as well. So, um, you know, think live sports is a category. We're really seeing some of those like, you know, I know traditionally it's been broadcast on, you know, channels like ESPN, but we're seeing Amazon and Apple, um, you know, go into talks to take on some of those exclusive deals as well. So um, interesting there, but um, it'll be really interesting to see and watch how each platform di differentiates from um, every, every uh, from each other and if they mm -hmm. choose to monetize their platforms. Um, original content will also be really key to gaining audience viewership. Definitely. I mean, I know, uh, at least for myself, I have a couple of streaming services I subscribe to just because of the content. Uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not such an avid sports watcher, so I can't speak to that side of things. But definitely, like I said, have a few, again, just for the content alone. I agree. <laughs> so cool. the app opportunity, this is an interesting one. And actually, one I've been hearing come up again more and more with my, my clients in particular, especially as we're rolling into holiday and we have things like the cookie of the future rolling out uh, at some point in the future. And then, you know, really trying to get that first party data. Um, what, what's going on with this trend and how are the, the opportunities unfolding in the space now? A figure that really stood out to me from all this research was that on average, we're spending four hours on our mobile phones, which is up 20%. Oh my God. We're not streaming content on our TV. We're <laughs> streaming it. Not surprising at all. So. <laughs> or on social media. Oh, wow. Who knows? I That is an average, So, which actually means some people are spending more than that. and But some people are spending less, and I hope that I fall into that <laughs> yep. less category. I have to check my <laughs> screen time every once in a while. Um. That being said, the apps that consumers use most, um, the categories that they fit into have shifted quite a bit based on the shifting needs over the last year or so. So for example, food and drink um, delivery app sessions increase significantly, um, whether that's something like Drizzly um, for alcohol or grocery apps or Grubhub, Seamless, all of those different um, food delivery services as well. Um, so those were the ones that saw the most increase but 
apps across just about every category have seen an increase in usage and consumers are becoming more and more comfortable making purchases in app. Um, so one article that I read from eMarketer predicted that US consumers will spend 42 billion with a B on app downloads and in-app purchases, um, which is up 33% wow. um, last year. So pretty big numbers. Um, and I think that really does indicate a pretty big shift in um, how people are buying things, where they're buying them, and where marketers and advertisers can find customers. So it'll be really important for brands to understand the nuances between generations, um, how right. they're using their devices and what apps they're on to appropriately reach and engage with their different targets uh, since different segments exhibit different user behaviors, whether it's frequency of visit, length of visit, and they have different priorities, whether it's authenticity versus seeing reviews or just straight up convenience. So I have kind of a like a crystal ball question for you that you can totally be like, yeah, I have no idea. This is like 2020 was such a weird year in so many ways. Do you think that we're going to be seeing that trend continue upwards in terms of app usage and, and spending in apps? Or do we think that's going to level off? Do you have any, any feel for that? Um, I mean, I definitely think that that's definitely going to be an area, an opportunity of growth. Um, I know myself personally, I mean, I'm always finding new apps, probably whether I need them or not. But I mean, I guess it also does very dependent upon the category. So, you know, um, I use a lot of, you know, I use a lot of financial apps um, to kind of help organize my life. Um, I, and I'm always kind of seeking those types of things out. I'm, you know, I'm, I do play some games. So I have some gaming apps as well. So again, <laughs> I feel like, you know, not that I need any more um, of a, you know, time waster, but um, definitely into that space as well. So I think, you know, I think people will organically probably find um, there will be some organic growth within the app world. But also I think, you know, it's kind of, I think people are finding that apps can help and play, you know, a role, uh, some value in their life. So definitely for brands, getting consumers to download and use apps is invaluable. They're able to gather a lot of information. You have to input a lot of different data points when setting up an account, whether it's your email address, sometimes it's your address, credit card number, they get a lot of information about you. And I don't think a lot of people are reading the fine print when they click accept to those agreement terms. So um, something to, to keep an eye on. All right. So kind of rolling back into our next question here. Uh, the Merkle Media Insights Report is still a fairly new publication. Um, we know it was launched at the beginning of this pandemic with a high demand for trend spotting over our client set. Now that we've wrapped up our fifth consecutive, consecutive report, are there similar themes that you're seeing woven throughout the reports or more persistent themes that aren't quitting? Yes. So we started working on the first Merkle Insight Report just a few months into the pandemic. And it's been really interesting to watch how some behaviors have emerged out of, out of, out of necessity really during the pandemic um, and have really stuck around and we think are going to persist post-pandemic. Um, things such as, you know, curbside pickup um, and curbside pickup, as well as buying online and pick up in store, um, you know, not just due to safety precautions, but also people just don't want to pay for shipping or they don't want to wait for delivery anymore. Um, they're going to go pick it up. Um, also, the buy now, pay later services um, is really another behavior that has come more mainstream. Also within travel, flexible booking and cancellation policies are going to remain important well into the recovery. So again, these are things we keep that we keep coming back to in these reports and telling marketers to offer or emphasize um, from that standpoint. 
Another uh, another uh, insight that we've seen is uh, from a digital marketing standpoint, we think video is definitely here to stay and will continue to grow. Uh, video consumption has been way up, um, you know, streaming video ads, um, you know, people creating short form video. Um, and re we really think that's what's so telling. Uh, video consumption is up across all different lengths as well. So again, when we're thinking short form, snackable content like TikTok and Reels, um, but also <laughs> longer form video too. <laughs> I, I don't think we've uh, recorded an episode that didn't mention TikTok in it. So it's <laughs> definitely a, a theme, both in terms of app and video. It's crossing over for us. Exactly. But yes, video is definitely something. I mean, we obviously know video has been around for a while, but I think definitely when it comes to different forms of content and how we're watching it, um, you know, how, oft, how often we're watching it, I think will really come into play. One other interesting um, piece that I've noticed through all these different reports is seeing consumers really double down on being more deliberate about who they choose to give their business to. So like we talked about before, consumers are really prioritizing um, brands that are aligned with their values. And this has been something that has been a sticking point and growing. Um, and so one big question mark in this area, just to bring up kind of some current events, if you will, around mental health, um, especially related to TikTok, like we just mentioned, um, Instagram, a lot of these um, influencer heavy platforms. Um, Facebook did just release a report about Instagram's impact on teens, especially teen girls' mental health. Um, and it wasn't the most positive, um, but it's been really interesting to see lately before that report came out um, that a shift seems to be taking place towards less curated content, um, more, um, what is the word? I feel like real and raw is kind of how I would describe the shift that I'm seeing. Yeah. Less glamorous. Yeah. I like that. The example I was thinking of was people posting weekend photo dumps mm -hmm. um, versus having like truly curated posts. It's just truly actually being able to live in the moment and then just posting those real raw um, photos later on. So I'm curious to see how the platforms um, will respond to all of this, how brands and content creators that use the platforms might adjust in the future as well. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen too, I think it was last week that I read it, that China's putting screen time limits on TikTok for users 14 and under. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so interesting to see what impact that'll have. And TikTok themselves have taken measures um, to help kind of curb some of this. So they're now alerting users. I don't know if you have to opt into this or how it works, but there's um, maybe it's an option, but they'll um, alert you to when you've been on the app for more than two hours. Yeah, I mean, uh, two hours still feels like a lot of time, but then as we were pointing back earlier in the in the episode, uh, Average if you're averaging four that's uh, that's not a bad market share for TikTok to have. No. Wonderful. Well, normally we like to close out the episode with asking if you have any takeaways for the guests uh, that you want them to keep in mind. Uh, I feel like we've already done a good job of kind of summarizing that with uh, with this past question. We touched on everything from video to apps to mental health. Um, Rachel and Jennifer, is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with? Um, I can jump in here. So um, I would just say, you know, one thing we've, again, we've really seen is just brands and marketers just really being authentic with what you're doing. Um, again, um, being able to kind of back up your actions and um, really, you know, kind of speak to the consumer. I think that is something that will remain key as we move along. Definitely. 
All right. And that's it for this episode of Digital Marketing Musings. Huge thanks to our guests, Jennifer and Rachel, for joining us today. It was a lot of fun having you guys. Thanks. Thank you so much. Awesome. So stay in touch and let us know what you want to hear about next by emailing us at digitalmarketingmusings at merkleinc.com. Also, if you have not yet already, please hit that subscribe button and rate and review us. It helps others find our show and please be sure to tell a friend about it as well. Until next time, I'm Andrew McCarty and we'll talk to you later. 